Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. It's uh, Monday, March 6th, 2017. Did everyone have a good day today? I'm, my day was a little blah. It was kind of blah, you know. I, I went to work. Had a, I had a decent day at work, but uh, I don't know. Felt a little all over the place. I'm watching the Sixers game right now. This Sixers game, okay, they're playing the Milwaukee Bucks. They're at home. Sixers are just injuries galore. I mean, now I'm seeing... 10-day contract players coming out of the D-League on the floor. I mean, this is just, this is the last three years worth of losing bullshit all over again. You know, it's like, what, what is the line between a guy being hurt and a guy being on the field? A uh, guy being on the field, guy being on the court, you know? I mean, it seems like everyone's just at, well, Okafor's hurt now, and, and you know, Embiid's hurt now, and Simmons is hurt now, and everyone's fucking hurt now. I mean, when the hell can these guys actually get on the floor and compete? Uh Anyway, just a little bit of frustration. They're actually, you know, Sarge, I, I was saying this in the last show where I thought he should be Rookie of the Year. You know, I love Embiid. I think I think what Joel Embiid did on the floor this season for the short time he was on the floor was remarkable. I mean, truly remarkable. He would just be, it was magic to watch him work. Uh, he still... I mean, a couple of people have talked about how he's like a gazelle on the court. You know, I mean, he... He kind of looks like, my comparison would be a German Shepherd dog that has really huge ears and really huge paws and clearly has not grown into its body yet. That's what I think when I see Joel Embiid. Someone who's just so monstrous and huge, he doesn't even know how to like handle his extremities yet. I mean, I had a friend of mine in high school named Andy Cohen who was kind of the same way. You know, he's just a large man who... You know, well, not large, tall. He was a tall guy with just big hands and big feet, and he just kind of hadn't figured out how to make it all work yet. Um, but, uh, you know, this real sense of, like, still not into his skin. But everything he did was amazing. Whereas, you know, but the, the fact of the matter is he's only played 31 games. And I truly think Dario Saric has been really great. I think you've seen such a beautiful evolution over the course of the season. And... What's sort of remarkable is I'm sitting here looking at this draft, and now I'm like, you know, what? Which one of these rookies actually got, you know, some real playing time and 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 made a and real contribution on the court? And I mean, I'm not sure. It would probably be Ben Simmons if Ben Simmons had fucking played this year. I mean, God damn it, just you know, because you're looking. Let's here. I'm looking at the draft right now. Brandon Ingram. Listen, they don't know what he is yet. He's he's a big unknown. They don't know how he's going to fit in. Jalen Brown, he's got some Dragon Bender. They knew he was going to be a project. Chris Dunn's been a disappointment. Buddy Heald's been a disappointment. Jamal Murray's been good. I mean, Jamal Murray's been really one of the best. And and Thon Maker, or excuse me, as I heard, uh, God, I don't know who the hell wrote the article. Whether it was Howard Beck, it was probably Howard Beck. What up, Beck? Um, who said his name is not Maker, it's Mecher, Thon Mecher, 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 Thon Maker. So um, he's been playing good minutes, Demodis Sabonis, Taurean Prince. I mean, they've all, I mean, they've all been doing stuff, but none of these guys has really turned some heads with the, you know, I mean, Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray's been turning heads, and so's Thon Maker. I mean, Sabonis, Sabonis has been playing real well. He's the only guy there, I think, that has notably, noticeably, very clearly gotten a starting spot on a playoff team. Uh, I mean, maybe a few of these other guys, uh, uh, that applies to them, but I'm not digging deep enough into this draft. 
I mean, geez, yeah. I mean, the number 26 pick in the draft was the Sixers taking Furkan Korkmaz, who they never, who's still playing over in Turkey right now. You know, it's, anyway, the point is, Dario Saric. I think he's probably, of all these rookies, I think he's been the guy so far who is actually, you know, but who's put together a nice rookie year. Something worth watching, something to really grow on. I mean, I think he's molded into a, a good, solid player for this team right now. Um, they are currently losing by 17 points to the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, Spencer Hawes. Yeah, I just remembered he got traded to the Bucks this year. Oh, man, that's right. He was in that uh, He was in that Plumlee deal where they traded Plumlee to the, the Hornets for Hawes and Hibbert, and then the Bucks flipped Hibbert to, I think, the, the Nuggets. Man, Roy Hibbert, dude. I don't even know if he's going to have a job next year. Um, the Bucks have got a good team. You know, Antetokounmpo is... Really something as he grabs a rebound. He is something else. I mean, he's he's bringing the ball up the court as we speak. Um, but it's still not equating to wins. You know, even after Jason Kidd arrived, I think there was an uptick. I think Jason Kidd's a pretty good coach, but, you know, the Greg Monroe signing didn't work out for Milwaukee. You know, Ricky, if you're if you're listening out there, here's a nice little opportunity. We should have you on to talk about the Bucks because they've really got something to talk about right now. You know, uh, the the, uh, the Greg Monroe signing didn't really work out. What I think really took all the wind out of their sails was Jabari Parker tearing his ACL again. I mean, that was just just terrible. Just terrible news. Because I think Jabari Parker's a great player. He's another guy who's really kind of evolving in a very exciting way and then was just hit with another devastating knee injury. And I mean, listen, I don't know if he's ever... Like, he might start going down the path of Derrick Rose where you know, his, his entire potential is going to be hampered by injuries, um, injuries that just never really allow us to see the full Jabari Parker. But, you know, I think that Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jabari Parker made this team a bit of an off, uh, at least a playoff contender this year. And now they're not, now they're out of the, they're out of the race. I mean, maybe I don't think there's enough time left in the season for them to catch anybody. I think you're really looking at the eight seeds in the East are kind of locked up at this point. I mean, shit, let's look at it. I, I'm talking out my ass. I'm doing I'm doing a little bit of a Michael Rappaport, you know, no fact-checking situation. Because the truth is, maybe maybe the, like, the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference is neck and neck, and I got no fucking idea. I'm pretty sure. Hang on. Hang on. Everyone's just going to wait with me while I my ESPN loads up. Um, I know the Pacers are in it. I know the Bull, the Bulls are in it. I know the Hornets are definitely not. That's that's a bit of a disappointment is the Hornets really falling out of contention this year. Okay, the first four are very obvious. Cavaliers, Celtics, Wizards, Raptors. Wow, the Raptors. Can't believe they've fallen that far. Then you got the Hawks, the Pacers, the Bulls, and the Pistons. The Pistons are a game and a half in front of the Heat and the Bucks. Okay, so the Bucks are about a game and a half outside of the, the playoffs. That's not ridiculous. They could catch that. They could catch the Pistons. I don't I don't know if they're going to, though, because, I mean, the Pistons are not bad. Pistons are not good, but they're not bad. And I think they, they have less problems and more cohesion than you're going to find with the Bucks right now. And the Bucks, you know, Giannis needs another year. He needs, and really, again, if Parker was playing, this is a very different discussion, but Parker is not playing. And, you know, that, that changes the entire discussion. Um, the Bulls... I mean, crazy as it sounds, the Bulls, with all their dysfunction, have enough talent to at least be in the playoffs. And, 
you know, make some noise. But the, the, the crazy thing is with the Eastern Conference, all of these teams can make noise, but I don't think any of them are going to be able to hold a candle to the Cavaliers. And, you know, it's, it's still going to be the Cavaliers coming out of the Eastern Conference. Um, but, I mean, right now you're looking at Raptors, Hawks. I mean, the Hawks could upset. Wizards, Pacers, the Wizards are going to chew them up and spit them out. The Celtics and the Bulls, I mean, these will be fun first-round matchups, but none of these are going to be, you know, I do not think you're going to see the Bulls actually scaring the Wizards. You know, I mean, with with D-Wade on the court, it will be scary, but, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal are playing out of their minds right now, and this Wizards team is dangerous. Like, the teams that I think are really going to scare Cleveland might be Washington or Boston. I mean, I don't I don't think Cleveland gets – I mean, listen, let, I don't think Cleveland gets scared by any of these teams. That's the truth. Um, but those are the only teams that I think that could really push Cleveland. You know, t- we've seen Toronto, and I think Toronto's got a lot going for them, but they're – you know, Kyle Lowry's not playing. Even if he does come back by the playoffs, he's going to need an opportunity to, to, you know, get warmed up and get back into game shape. And, you know, I mean, listen, if you're – if you're facing Cleveland in the second round, I mean, they're going to kill you. Just ask to get Atlanta. Atlanta's this is several years now where Atlanta, you know, had to play Cleveland in the playoffs. And it doesn't matter if it's the conference finals or the semifinals. Cleveland's going to sweep your ass. Atlanta knows it, I mean, better than anybody. Jeez. Um, let's, you know, this, this, this Sixers game's getting a little out of control. I'm going to change channels right now. I'm going to, I got this. I'm just going to do an advertisement for the Go90 app. Um, this Go90 app on, on, uh, on Verizon. I got it. I get it for free and they're giving me the league pass for free. Cause I got this huge plan on my, uh, on my work plan. Oh, maybe I shouldn't tell my coworkers this, but you know, Hey guys, sorry. It comes with the plan. I'm just taking advantage of it. That's all. Um, but this is like I'm getting the league pass for free because I think Verizon's trying to hype up their product. Um, here I'm going to channel surf to the Warriors Hawks game. Let's see what this Warriors Hawks game looks like. Looks here. Oh, oh, look at this. The Hawks are winning. Dennis Schroeder's got to, yo. So let's talk a little bit about this Durant injury because Durant going down has really shaken this Warriors team. They're still dangerous. They're still absolutely dangerous. It's just you know I think. A moment like now, where we remove Durant from the team, we start to remember how much turnover happened with the Warriors this past year. It wasn't just them getting Durant. It was them moving on from Harrison Barnes. It was them moving on from Andrew Bogut. It was them bringing in other people. Because between 2014, when the Warriors won the title, and 2015, when they lost in seven to the Cavaliers, that was virtually the same roster. I mean, it was almost identical. You know, Maurice Spates, he left the team as well. Like, these were small changes, but you have to understand chemistry, cohesion, knowing players. I mean, there was so much continuity between those two rosters that I think we, we take for granted now seeing them have to work in Zaza Pachulia, seeing them have to find a way to work in JaVale McGee. I mean, JaVale McGee has been a nice sort of surprise offensively this season, but the truth is, you know, they weren't counting on him. And also, JaVale McGee should be a rim protector, and he's not. Um, You're seeing uh, a lot more meaningful minutes come from guys like Patrick McCaw, 
Um, and James Michael, well, actually, I haven't really seen James Michael McAdoo all that much, but you know, you're seeing some of these other guys play these meaningful minutes, the most Spates minutes, um, you know, the, the, the Bogut minutes, like all of these things are now going to other players. And so having Durant, one of the greatest players in the league on your team to sort of soften that blow and fill in for all the gaps and the issues that the Warriors may have encountered with having these new guys, all of that seems to get washed away now that Durant's not on the court. And now Thompson and Curry and Draymond Green have to go back to being, you know, the guys who are just dominating and killing. And we're seeing, you know, what they're missing without Harrison Barnes. You know, Harrison Barnes, for all of his flaws, you know, brought a depth to their game and their team that they now need to, you know, you know, compensate for and bring back. Like, you know, they're still the same, you know, pace and space team. This is still the team that's spreading you out. It's still the team that's, you know, you know, built on ball movement and rotational defending and killer three-point shots and explosive, you know, sh- you know, shot making from Klay Thompson and Steph Curry. But now without Durant, I mean, they've got to work extra hard. And they've got to compensate even further. And I mean, listen, Bogut might look like he's a little over the hill. I mean, at least this season. But I mean, they're, that guy's bringing a lot to that Warriors team last year. And you don't believe me. Just look what happened when Bogut got hurt in the finals and what they lost. You know, now they're trotting Matt Barnes out there. Now, Matt Barnes is certainly going to bring them a defensive presence. But Matt Barnes is not going to replace Kevin Durant. He's certainly not going to bring the scoring that Kevin Durant is going to bring. So... You've got to bring that scoring in somewhere else. And that, I mean, it just means that Steph Curry and Klay Thompson are going to need to shoulder the burden. It means you're going to, you're going to have to see them shoot more. You're going to have to see them be more aggressive, play more minutes. I mean, and it's going to, that's going to take a toll on this team as they gear up for a playoff run. And I mean, I still think they're probably the favorite to win it all. I still think that they have all of the ammunition and the stamina to make it into the finals, if not win the finals, um, especially if Kevin Durant's going to be back for the playoffs. I have faith he will be. I have faith that, listen, he's not going to be 100%. He's going to probably have to get himself into game shape, but having him out there even at 50 or 70% is enough to you know, make the Warriors dangerous and to have everybody be afraid of Kevin Durant. And you know, I still think that's enough to take them there, but this is not the same sort of foregone conclusion that I think we had two years ago when it was, I mean, two years ago, this Warriors team was, I mean, it was a cakewalk. They just annihilated the, uh, the, the opposition. And even in, even against Cleveland in the finals, it was, it was a foregone conclusion that they were going to just win it all. Um, this is not that team. And I'm not saying it's anything less. I'm just saying it's not that team. It's a different team. They've got to work harder for it. And I mean, that's why that's a I'm another advertisement for the NBA. That's why their slogan is "This is why we play," because it ain't over till it's over. You can everything can look good on paper, but it doesn't matter until you guys actually play the fucking game, and you got to play the game. This is why we play. Um, yeah, it's an interesting game. The the Hawks are, you know, the Warriors have really been struggling on this road trip. You know, they won a game against the Knicks, but the Knicks suck. Let's just be honest. And now, you know, I'm seeing here this is a six. Actually, it's now a Oh, God, this is an eight-point game. Hawks are up by eight, getting near the end of the first quarter. It's 35-27 Hawks. Okay, well, 35-29. I mean, there's still, listen, that was a nice pass from Barnes to Curry. There's still that, 
that explosiveness there. But, I mean, this is the wrong time to have Durant go down on a, on a nice little East Coast road trip where you're facing all these Eastern Conference teams who you don't really scout that much and you don't really look at all that much. You don't really deal with... And the truth is... Warriors are never going to have to play any more of these fucking teams for the rest of They're not going to play the Hawks in the finals. They're not going to play the Knicks in the finals. not going to play the Sixers. They're not going to play, I mean, the Wizards. Eh, there's a slim chance they'll play the Wizards, but I doubt it. But the Wizards did, dude, they did the damage. They got a victory, and they took out Durant. Um, who the hell are the, who the hell are the, the Warriors playing after this? I know, I, I'm pretty confident that their road trip is not over after this. So I'm sure they probably are playing another Eastern Conference team that's just going to sort of get underneath their skin and mess things up for them. Let's see your schedule. Schedule. Yeah, that's right, everybody. You're going to listen to me as I look up their schedule. Um, Boston Celtics at home. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Wednesday night in Oakland, California. Boston Celtics. That's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. That's going to be a tough game as well, especially without Durant. Then you've got them going on the road against the Timberwolves, going on the road against the Spurs. They got a home game against the Sixers again. All right, this is listen. They'll be fine. I don't think any of us need to worry about the Warriors, but I mean, they're being tested. They're definitely being tested. All right, let's uh, let's see if we can channel surf to some other game right now. What else we got here? Ooh, Bulls, Celtics. Ugh, it's Nets and the Grizzlies, Trailblazers and the and the Timberwolves. My God, is there anything worth watching? Jesus Christ. Here, let's see, let's see the Cavaliers and the Heat. Yeah, let's see. Uh, so they had a home and a home. They had a game in Miami where LeBron and Kyrie Irving sat out. It looks like they come back to Cleveland. LeBron and Kyrie decide to sit back in. Jeez, you know, what's with that? Okay, I understand the resting, but I mean, how are you going to go to a visiting arena and rest two of your stars? Like, come on, man. Like, I mean, you know, some of those, well, eh. I mean, Eastern Conference is probably not the only time Cleveland goes to Miami. You know, might have. I'm just going to pull a little Bill Simmons here. I'm going to throw out some crazy conspiracy theory shit. I bet you LeBron was like, "Fuck that! I don't want to play for Pat Riley tonight. I'm just going to sit out." I went. Did he have to sit on the? Did he have to sit on the the sidelines in a suit? I wonder if he was on a suit. If he was in a suit on this on the on the bench, or if maybe he just didn't even take didn't even take the plane and just stayed in Cleveland. How does that work? Is that outlined in someone's contract? Like they just. You know, if they're resting, they can opt to stay at home, or if they're rehabilitating, if they, I bet you LeBron has got that shit written into his contract. He can, he's probably got special clauses that are like, if uh, if I want to peace out and like, you know, oh my God, two years ago when he when he decided to just take two weeks off, remember that he had just come to the Cavaliers. David Black kind of sucked as a coach. Um, the team was losing games. They were under 500. They were like 19 and 20. And LeBron just decided to, like, take two weeks off. It was very sort of like, I mean, I'm surprised it didn't get more publicity. He just sort of took time off and then came back to the team and they started winning. That was when they traded for Timothy Mozgov. And, you know, they made that great trade to get Mozgov and J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert, which was pretty much the Cavaliers absolutely fleecing Phil Jackson and the Knicks. Um, And they, you know, had that, that opportunity, holy shit, Deion Waiters, 24 points tonight. Man, Deion Waiters, dude, rebirth of Deion Waiters. He might be the only reason that this might, if this Miami Heat team has a prayer of knocking the Pistons out of the eighth seed in the uh, Eastern Conference, it's going to be all Deion Waiters. Um, yeah, but uh, so when they made that, when the Cavaliers made that Mozgov 
Shumpert, Smith, you know the trade. Um, all of a sudden, LeBron, you know, decides to come back and plays hard, and the team starts winning. It's just like, but like LeBron just can do that. He could just fucking be like, I'm just gonna leave for a bit and peace out if I want, and come back later. It, I mean, I'm LeBron. Deal with it. Just be happy I'm on your team. Uh, it's it's. I mean, he he is the modern day Michael Jordan. You can say what you want about Michael Jordan. He is a, a whole thing in himself. But when it comes to like modern day you know, basketball, huge icons, like, you know, LeBron is that, is this generation's Michael Jordan? I mean, I think you could probably say, you know, LeBron, and then before it, it was Michael Jordan, and before it, it was Magic Johnson. I mean, it, in some way, you kind of, you kind of need to put Kobe in. The, I the shame of it is, Kobe Bryant is one of the most amazing basketball players ever, but, I mean, I feel like he is... A, a disciple of Michael Jordan. His game was like Michael Jordan's. His tenacity was like Michael Jordan's. Um, you know, he won nearly as many titles as Michael Jordan. LeBron is a different thing altogether. And, and I and I think, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think LeBron has garnered more goodwill than Kobe Bryant because Kobe, I mean, you can't hide it. Kobe Bryant has a little too many blemishes on his record. Blemishes that, that, that that can stain a reputation and you know and are and and he can do many things to to overcome some of those blemishes but they still are blemishes nonetheless i mean listen magic johnson has his own blemishes and he's been able to overcome them time heals all wounds um but lebron james i mean right now his record's pretty clean he's in the moment he's the king of the castle i mean he's king james who am i to who am i to argue with it Anyway, I'm rambling. Um, listen, I just wanted to get on riff a little bit about some basketball. I uh, I just love basketball so much. I love talking about it. I'm excited for this playoff race. I'm glad the Wizards are are looking good. Um, I'm really glad uh, the Spurs are still dominant. Uh, this, you know, I'm glad. I hope we finally get to see the Spurs and the Warriors in the conference finals. That's what I thought we were going to see last year, until the Spurs shat the bed against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Got to get J-Hop on here. Jonathan Hopkins, talk to me about this Spurs team this year. Tell me what he thinks is really exciting, especially as we're we're in the post-Tim Duncan era. Yeah, crazy. Crazy that they have not even missed a beat. You know, Kawhi Leonard passed the torch right to him. He is just brilliant to watch. Um, all right, listen, I'm getting out of here. Everyone, thanks for listening. Sam Sports Podcast, trying to change it up, trying to have some fun, trying to, you know trying to take this thing to the next level, try to make this a thing, get some more listeners out here, get them to jump on the mic, man, talk about some b-ball with me. All right, Sam Sports Podcast, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at SamSportsStation. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Email me with any comments, questions, or just tell me to go fuck myself at SamSportsStation at gmail.com. S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. Um, I'm signing off for Monday night. Everyone, thanks for letting me talk on the mic. It just feels good to uh, to share some sports with everybody out there. I'll be back soon. Um, getting close to my 100 episode. This is number 96. I'm looking forward to that number 100. Um, makes me feel like I've accomplished something. Anyway, uh, enjoy the rest of your Monday, guys. I'll be back real soon to talk some more b-ball. Bye-bye. 
Of course, one last thing I cannot uh, sign off without mentioning. Thank you very much to Don Kenyon for uh, my new Sam Sports Podcast theme music. I'm starting to like it, man. He's got a nice electronic uh, twist to his stuff, and I kind of like it. So uh, everybody, thank you, Don Kenyon, for that music, and uh, I'm going to keep hyping your shit, man. All right, that's it. I'm out of here. Peace.